In this episode, we're following the journey of two first-time investors who conquered the mountain. Or did they? We're going to hear about the lessons they learned, whether their assumptions were right or wrong, um, the mistakes they made and those that were avoided, and ultimately whether they'd follow the same path again. Welcome to Your First Home Buyer Guide, the podcast for first home buyers who want to get it right. I'm Megan and that was Veronica. We're both buyers agents and probably old enough to be your mums. But that's a good thing because between us, we've got over 40 years experience and we are going to share with you bucket loads of stories about avoidable mistakes. Together, we're going to make sure that you get unbiased and real information that you can rely on so you can get where you want to be without missing a step. Now, we've got loads of great tips for you in this episode. And if you'd like more useful tools, head over to the website, homebuyeracademy.com.au. There you'll find free checklists that you can download, a free mini course on how to price a property and our where to buy workshop for only $39. Priceless stuff, really. Bargain. But before we get into the interesting stuff in this week's episode, here's the boring bit, the disclaimer. You of course know that nothing in this podcast is to be taken as personal advice. We always recommend getting the advice of an expert in their field of expertise. Now we've done our very best to ensure that the content is correct at the time of recording, but things change. So check with the relevant government authority or your advisors to get the most up-to-date information. During our three-year journey to help first-time buyers, we have found an increasing number of you want us to help you guide them on your rent-vesting journey. So, due to popular demand, we are bringing you the very first Where to Buy Workshop Investor Edition. We are indeed, and this is very exciting for us, I Mm. tell you. This is the culmination of over 40 years' experience that we're going to teach you step-by-step, not where you should buy but this is not the answer this is not the golden bullet (laughs) not the silver bullet it is we're going to teach you how to properly research this vast wild country of ours to be able to work out where you should look to investigate to buy your investment property it's a really really important skill that you learn how to critically look at data information what the important things are and we're going to teach you how to do it when are we going to do it we're doing it on the veronica i don't have that in front of me oh well that's okay i'll step in because we're a team and we are going to do the where to buy workshop investor edition on wednesday the 24th of november 2021 7 till 9 p.m australian eastern daylight time so that's basically sydney melbourne time six Six till eight eight if you're in in brisbane and yep. I can't remember if you're in Adelaide and elsewhere, but basically half an hour behind. Yep. live to you on Wednesday, 24th of November, we are bringing you the Where to Buy workshop. So if you want to tune in, the link is in the show notes. Today, we have a treat in store for you. We're interviewing two young property investors whose first home buyer journey resulted in more than just a property each, but a whole new passion. Joe Tucker and Jeff Miles are the creators of the popular Facebook group, Oz Property Investors, a growing community of of property investors and would-be investors. And we're so excited to be sharing their stories with you today. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thanks Thanks for having us. 
<laughs> Excellent. Now, it's before we get into your property journeys, let's start with where you are right now. Oh, so, actually, before we do that, sorry, mm-hmm. this is a bit mm-hmm. awkward. It's always a bit awkward when we've got two guests because no one knows who to say, you know, hello first and it's all a bit messy. But before we kick off any interview <laughs> or any conversation for this podcast, oh. we have a quick chat about some strange thing that Megan has behind her. Oh, we she didn't is- put that in the run shape. I know, but anyway, she's, we forgot it in the run sheet, but here I remembered because I'm staring at this strange house. <laughs> I don't know what it looks What do you think it looks like, guys? Well, ask the question. What does it look like? What is it? <laughs> so Surely this is actually normally, so, so each week I find a very unusual house and tell you a little bit about it um, just because it's fun and fascinating and who doesn't like looking at weird things. But this one is actually just a concept. So this is the cliff house. I don't know if you can see, but it is hanging off. Yeah. It's like it's bolted underneath the cliff. Underneath clouds, yep. Uh, Hasn't been built, clearly, because I don't think that any engineer would put this (laughs) behind that design. (laughs) Looks pretty structurally sound for mine. (laughs) Imagine doing a billion pest on that. Yeah, <laughs> it's oh, you've got cool. a lot of bats. You've got a lot of bats here. I don't know why. Bats hang- <laughs> hanging off the cliff face, hanging off your eaves. You've also got a pool that's suspended just in the clouds, and it mm. sort of it puts new meaning to the idea of a wet edge pool. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> not loving this concept, Megan. No, no. It. But anyway, I thought I thought that was a really fascinating one. Now, before we get into your property journeys, let's start with where you are right now. Joe, can you start by giving us a quick intro to your current situation? You know, do you own one or more properties? Do you still own the first one you purchased? Oh yeah, I still own. I still own the first purchase. So my per- first purchase was uh, definitely the worst purchase that I, I've got, and then the second one was a much much better. So it's a good juxtaposition. We had a lot of failures and lessons learned from that, um, but I've I've got um, properties um, in New South Wales, Victoria, and in and in Queensland, and in the process of getting a development done as well with um, with Jeff, which we haven't actually told anyone yet. But I imagine by the oh, time this thing got out. <laughs> that's going to be out there a little bit more. So um, we're super pumped about that. So um, yeah, just kind of in still growing our portfolio, we're still in the acquisition phase and we're still looking to push forward. Um, and that's kind of the passion for this group that we that we created. Um, Any of those your home that you live in? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, the, so we've got one in New South Wales, which is the PPOR, which we have based in Cronulla, which has done very well over the You're last couple of years. boy. Didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not very shy, but yeah, it, I'm in the Shire. <laughs> shire. <laughs> Jeff, yeah. um, and look, we will get back to, you know, your story behind that because you did say your first one wasn't so so oh. great and the second one oh. was a lot better. And we definitely want to learn about the not so greatness of the first one. Um, but before we get to yours, Jeff, what's your situation? <laughs> So mine uh, is somewhat similar to Joe in that I've I've, I've done a few more creative kind of Renault Renaults and um, Joe's done a Renault, at, but uh, I've also done one development down in South Australia, which which we did sell. So my first though was in Queensland, same same sort of situation to Joe, and we'll get to dive into that later on. Own also in New South Wales, um, down here in the South Coast, um, or sort of slight South Coast in in the sort of Illawarra area. So. I've, I've bought, uh, I think I'm up to, I mean, depends on whether you count the three that we build as, as one or three, but I think there's, there's at least or there's, there's at least four there or six if you want to count those. So, <laughs> so you bought, bought three but own six. 
Bought four, but I own six. Bought four and have sold a couple as well because the development down in South Australia. Yeah, and didn't you sell your first Renault? Didn't you? We did, yeah. So there's, that was another one up in the Hunter. So I've, I've got, a, got a, a, a wide range and journey that I'm happy to do. Different strategies, right. Okay. Yeah. Mm, fabulous. And, and before we get into your stories, what led you to start the Facebook group? Oh, well, that, that leads into, that's from the story. Right. Oh, that's where it all starts. That, well, you she- know, it was pure, purely education-based, right? Like that's how our whole, both of our journeys started. And we actually met at one of these conferences and these events where we were trying to get educated. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, and then we just became friends and and then it just kind of snowballed and said, Jeff, like, why do we keep having these Zooms and these meetings and why do we keep calling up these people and talking to them? Why don't we just put them on a podcast, on a Zoom or on a, you know, a Facebook group and everyone can listen to what we're talking about? So really, it's just an excuse for us to talk to amazing property people like yourselves. You guys, you know, you would have answered the phone, but now we get to sit down and have a whole conversation for an hour and a half and uh, everyone else gets to gets the value of the gems that everyone else has. So um, it's been a massive learning experience for us and it's been awesome and it's helped a lot of people, which is even better. Now, for, for those of you, we, we, we'll put it in the show notes, but it's AUS Property Investors. That's is that right? So Investors, yeah. Investing. Investors. Aus Property Investors. AUS, Aus Property Investors. Great group, lots of really interesting people in there and everyone with an absolute passion for investing in property in Australia. So uh, I think you've got just over 10,000 members, haven't you? Yeah, Yeah, almost almost 11. By the time that this is, you know, read uh, out there in the real world. 50,000 probably. I don't know. It's growing very quickly, but it's, it's (laughs) no, it won't be 50. It won't be 50. What a classic. Right, right, let's so- rewind and and yeah. have a look at your journey, Joe. What what was the first property that you purchased? Um, well, my first and why? property. What what were you going to do with it? What was the purpose? <sighs> mm. Why, 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 why? Well, I guess the whole point was um, for me. Why did I get into investing? Was because. I went traveled the world extensively um, when I was younger and it was the best thing ever. It was so much fun. But what I would do is I would stay at a place for six months, get a whole heap of money and then go experience the world. And then I'd go in a bar and make a lot of money and well, maybe not a lot of money, but then I'd go in and experience. And, but I'd keep coming back to, you know, not a very sound financial situation. So um, I then came back to, I went traveling to the UK. I lived in lived in London for a couple of years um, and then came back here with my now wife um, and we're living here getting set up. But we just, just as I came back, I saw this massive Sydney property boom. I'm like, wow, I need to get in on this. I need to be a part of this Sydney boom. Um, But it was at the tail end of the boom and it just kind of all just happened as I was getting into the property education, as getting into the property space. And um, that is what kind of I fell into the education first because I'm like, I don't want to just fall into any investment because I know how important the first one is. Like the even more so now for after all this education that we've been doing, how crucial the first property is, because that is what's going to let you go for the next one and the next one and the next one and the next mm. one without Tell us about good the first advice. Tell us about the first one. Oh, okay. Yeah. And and yeah, what are I guess what gets my interest, and so I want all the listeners to keep listening because, you know, you guys have realised how important the first one is. 
and you came at it from, or you anyway, I haven't heard you yet, Jeff, but you, you come at, you've come at it from a, a, I want to educate myself so I make a good decision. And yet you freely admit you didn't make good decisions. So oh. uh, really fascinated with a, a, the mistakes you've made so that our listeners can avoid them, but also how you've managed to recover from the mistakes. Because sometimes these mistakes can be absolutely crit- crippling. So, yeah. so yeah, kick us off into, tell us your first property purchase journey if you can sort of get it down into i don't know five minutes <laughs> and then we <laughs> we'll kick over to jeff because i'm really keen to hear and dig into that as well well there's a reason our live sessions go for an hour and a half and i will <laughs> take blame for most of that um okay so i bought my first property um through a buyer's agent um and the big mistake that i made with going with a buyer's agent was um I handed the keys to my financial future to this person. I gave absolute trust that they were the professional and knew absolutely everything. And, um, you know, I'm a busy professional, right? I've got a job. I've got, um, I'm making income. I don't have time to go out there and do all the property research because you can just pay somebody and they will care about your financial future as much as you do. Um, well, as the story the right unfolds. Right agent will. A good buyer's agent will. Um, If you're going to be investing in property without getting the property education and then engaging a buyer's agent to not push back on some of the things that they're talking about, that's the biggest problem that I had. It's entirely my fault, the asset that was purchased and the the terrible thing that, you know, just the rubbish that it was because I didn't push back. I didn't say, hey, what's going on here? Why are we going to this place? And um, so anyway, I bought a property. I don't really didn't wanna... know what questions to ask. Is that what you're saying when you say I didn't push back? <laughs> well, they just sent me this amazing report about how great the area is. There was all this data, all this information, and it just it was just a, the poor asset choice for that location. So it was the lowest value property there. So it was um, $280,000 um, and it was in an area that just didn't have any growth. So I got this great glossy brochure to say how great it was. And it just, it wasn't there. Question. Yeah. Um, did that buyer's agent get paid by anybody other than you? No, no. So okay. this is the, this is one of the um, best, there's buyer's agents that, that, that go out there and then uh, uh, say, yes, great. I can help you get this property. And then they will farm out the work to other people to do the research and stuff. So when I got a video sent back, they went through the property and they were going through showing all the great the great things, but avoided all of the massive issues like the $12,000 stairs that need to be fixed, the holes in the wall that were not even anywhere to be seen. So um, when I purchased the property, it was meant to be like a $10,000 renovation because I knew that I wanted to add value. Now, the big mistake that I did was like, I didn't look, the, the medium value for this area was 300,000 and I bought a $280,000 property. Um, and I was going to do a $10,000 renovation. So if I'm going to get this place to the median, that's only $20,000. Like, what am I thinking? Why am I buying this thing if I want to do a renovation? Because I can't really add too much value beyond the median. Is that- so many little nuggets in there. I mean, <laughs> Megan's eyes are going, what the? I can sort of read in your face. <laughs> and I'm like, there's sounds this. Sounds like there- a ma- marketing video. It sounds like you've got the marketing video, not the realistic yeah. warts and all yes. walkthrough. Yeah, I didn't get the realistic warts and all at all. And I was going to do the renovation. I did the renovation with the help of obviously renovators. Uh, like um, tradespeople. Um, but yeah, I, I settled. I didn't go down and visit the site. And I don't think you need to go down and visit the site every time. Um, I've, I've 
um, don't think you need to do that. But um, yeah, it was definitely a big marketing thing where they just were just pumping through these, hey, do you want a property? Yeah, absolutely. I sign up to the buyer's agents and literally within within a week, hey, we've got one for you. We're ready to go. Let's buy it. Sent me a video. Um, I, in, in retrospect, I've got a friend now that's going through a great buyer's agent to purchase a property and it's been three, four, five weeks mm. after he's engaged him. And I'm like, hey, where's your property? He's like, this guy, he can't, he can't find. The, the, uh, the market Body. is so tight right now. Mm. And I'm like, good. That's, this is a good guy. He's fussy. He's going to do the numbers. He's going to find you a good asset. So hold tight and and wait for it. Don't just go for the guy that says he's going to bring it all for you. We, um, we often say what we recommend against is more valuable than what we actually recommend. And it sounds like he might have found someone who has a similar philosophy. What, you know, the properties that? that we recommend against, the properties that we reject oh, are yes. even more important than the properties that we actually recommend. Yes, the John West of property. That's it. That's <laughs> it. it. So, and this is an interesting thing. And I know when I was filming the show, there's this perception that buyers agents go out there and then deliver three three options to you. There you go, pick one of those. Yeah. <laughs> I used to have to disabuse people of that notion when they became clients to go, I know you might have seen me on television. However, that's not the way it works. We can't sort of turn it around in a week. And I can't give you the three, and you just choose one, and then it's all happily ever after. It's like it might take a bit longer. Yeah. And it's very rare you're going to have more than one to assess at, at, at a time. At, at a time. Mm. Yeah, at a time. Yeah. Now, a couple of things too that I just want to pick up on you, sort of median price. And a lot of people um, do, you hear a lot of spruikers talk about this mm-hmm. systems and strategies and you've got to buy under median, right? And yes. there's also this idea of the affordability and different suburbs, depending on the different, um, the market segmentation of that suburb can have different median prices in different segments. So so that's a dangerous thing to, to rely on. Um, Massive price disparity. Yeah, yeah, and also this whole idea about affordability and it sounds like mm-hmm. if your budget was 280000 it sounds like you basically saved as much as you could and went, bing, I can buy something, I'm off. Anything. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and a big focus was on the cash flow, right? And that was, mis- that was another mistake. Your first property, uh, you know, everyone's situation is different. So let's just start with that. Mm. You know, cash flow might be the best way to go for you initially because your circumstances, that's the best way to go. But for, for my situation, that is definitely not the best way to go. It wasn't to get a $280,000 cash flow asset. It was to save for another three to six months and buy a, a better growth asset that, because I'm earning a good, like I was earning a good income. I was fine. Like I could support nothing above crazy, uh, above the average, but um, I could support, I don't need an extra $100 a week or $50 a week. Mm. Like, that's not going to change my life. But what it will is an extra $100,000 in equity, which will allow me to release my deposit and allow me to then put that into another property and then start putting it into another property, another yeah, one. the magic of compounding. <laughs> Jeff. That's what it's all about. Tell us well, about your yeah. story. I don't know. It's just uh, I, I feel like Joe's just I, I don't know. I basically could just re- recap the same story. Um, oh no! Oh no! Well, Is yeah, this why yeah, you became uh, friends? Because you could you could swap stories. You could, you, you could sob on each other's shoulders. I can't oh, believe yeah, yeah. what I did. I'm, I'm going to keep it. I'm going to tr- keep you to a minute or two because we want to really. Because we're already at sort of 20, 10, 15 minutes, and um, so basically, long story short, started looking for property 2010, um, sort of twenty eleven Sydney area. And just thought, well, I don't, I, I didn't have, didn't have the tools, didn't have the keys um, as to how to actually um, pick, pick a good property. So I went to probably tens or even probably hundreds of seminars and just thought, well, how do I do this? How do I do this process myself? 
and 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 I got to sort of similar to Joe saw the saw the Sydney property boom and and prices were just so I got to around sort of 2013 2014 2015 didn't take action I thought well I need to actually buy a property because otherwise I just I, I wasn't there was something that was holding me back and and we'll talk more about that later but so I bought also in Queensland bought it for 334,000 also for a buyer's agent so um, and 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 I, I bought a unit that it wasn't uh, it, it was it was 2009 build, so it was it didn't have too many issues with it. So I, mine didn't have too many challenges itself for the property, um, but the asset itself, I, I, I think there was a there was an issue with the assets, um, which I'm still sort of um, recovering from that. So I wouldn't say I've recovered, uh, but I learned many lessons from from that uh, that purchase. Give us a bit more detail on that. If so you that don't was, mind, that was before the big influx of supply came into the Brisbane market. Yeah, so oh, it was so it Brisbane, Brisbane. Sorry, you said Queensland. You didn't say Brisbane. Yeah, it is in Brisbane. Um, so it's in the outer <laughs> suburbs. So it's ten k's north of Brisbane CBD. Um, so there was look, there, there definitely was supply in the area, and and the supply continued from sort of twenty fifteen, and it's and it's a unit, or they call it a town town home townhouse. Um, so so I basically, if I'd have bought if I'd have bought a house in that same suburb, I, I've, I've sort of tracked I tracked the markets meticulously. <laughs> Um, but but you sort of look at the, the the price differential. I think houses at that time you could buy for about three eighty in, in this area, which is it's in this sort of Chermside sort of area. So mm. you could buy three eighty, whereas now you could you'd be, you'd be lucky to get much for under five hundred in the area. Whereas I bought this oh, for yeah. three thirty four, and I'm lucky to sell it for three fifty. I'm actually yeah. And that's so, how many years later? Seven years later. So or six six and a half six and a half years later. Hmm. It's a bit painful, so, isn't it? It's a hard lesson. Yeah, because that was your budget at the time, and well, I mean, that's that, that's the kind of, I mean, that's one of the lessons I would say is I, I could have probably pushed a little further and and mm. bought and, and picked up a better asset, and I could have even bought a house in that same area, which would have performed. And I'm not saying houses are always better, but generally speaking, mm. unless there's a, there's a unique kind of thing to the unit, so. Um, my budget, I'd, I'd say I could have purchased up to 400, maybe in sort of 450 at a real push um, because we're talking in easier lending days where they weren't mm. as strict. And, and I, was, I was fortunate enough that I, that I did have a, a decent size, I could, could acquire a decent size deposit as well. So that's that's an interesting thing. We do talk about that in your first home buyer guide course um, around setting your limit and why is it that you've mm-hmm. set it at a certain price. And there, there are dangers of obviously overextending. There's all equally there's dangers of underextending when you've got capacity to push yourself further and then buy a better asset. And you know, I made that mistake myself in my first property as well. I didn't even didn't even think to explore. I sort of went with the safe option. And people often think that the you know keeping your borrowing low is safe. Um, and it's only safe if you can buy a really good asset with that low borrowing. You know, if, if you're compromising on the asset, like you're, you're, and you've given a great example there about it after nearly seven years, there's been bugger all growth. And in fact, you have your back teeth underwater. But, you know, if you actually think about opportunity costs and the cost of getting in and getting out and all that sort of stuff. What, what I'm interested in in your buyer's agent journey, because obviously Joe went in saying, I want to renovate and so therefore there's going to be a different type of property that's going to be presented to you, even though they sort of carefully skirted around the holes in the walls and the crappy staircase. 
I mean, God Almighty, I actually think you know, I need to credit Instagram feed of my videos, my inspection videos. My clients keep laughing, go, oh, my God, they're hilarious because I heckle the agents to do all sorts of stuff and I'm almost making these comments. <laughs> and, you should. And- that would be so good. I would I would watch that. <laughs> I would watch that. The agents walk around behind you going, oh, don't show them that. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I went through one townhouse. You don't get my job, do you? <laughs> I, went, I went through one townhouse where I got there and I was chatting. I was too busy heckling the agent about his new car. I was, as oh. you know, videoing as I'm walking around. Here we are at this town. Oh, hello. Look at this. You got a new AMG. Oh, what's the things are going well? And I've walked into the house and I, and or the townhouse and I've done the video, various videos. Then I've walked out the front door and I'm still videoing and I talked to the agent again and I just turned to one side. What I didn't reckon see on the way in was a sub station <laughs> i've gone what's that and like he's just staring at my phone he went that's a power station <laughs> clients are laughing their head off and of course you couldn't see any of that in their marketing that's so you, funny like a big, a- um, do you see that photo there was a there was a photo doing the rounds uh i think a property sold in the last sort of two years might have been sydney and the way the, the photo was taken just looked like this little cottage you know brick fronted uh, yada yada, sky behind. But when you sort of stood up, rather than taking the photo from down low, there was the massive water tank yes. that you know was right in the you know it was how how to uh, misrepresent a property. <laughs> I think I did see that one. I think that might have made the news. Yeah, that yeah. Was, yeah that's yeah. a classic. I tell you what, yeah. this one just as an aside, this particular townhouse that I went through, because of course we look on Google Maps and satellites and all that sort of stuff. It, it, when I say it was a power station, it was a substation. It was only quite small, and it wasn't labelled or noted anywhere. So honestly, you didn't like. I probably would have noticed it otherwise um, before I went and inspected the property. But it actually, someone could have bought that sight unseen from the agent's videos or from a buyer's agent's videos that sort of mm-hmm. avoids all that stuff and absolutely be none the wiser till they actually got there and went, oh, my God, I bought next to a substation. Mm. Anyway, but back back yeah. to your story, Jeff, I, I'm curious because you also used a buyer's agent. Did your buyer's agent take money from you and from developers? Definitely not, no. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that, that was one thing because by this stage I had um, gotten to the, I've been to probably, I mean, some of those house and land packages types where, where, you're, where, where you don't pay them a cent. Um, and I was, I was very, I was heavily against doing that myself. Um, so, so I made sure that, that they were acting, I suppose, in, in theory, in my be- well, they were acting in my best interest in, in the sense that it was a fee for service. So the, 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 the process of them, and I interviewed probably somewhere between 10 to 15 buyers agents, just to some, of, wow. some of more, some of varying degrees of sales kind of tactics where some would say they, I mean, I, I didn't get, I, I heard a company where they said they, they would put you into a room and, and sort of get you, get you to sort of sign a contract then and there on the spot to go with them. I, I, I wasn't put in that situation. And if I was, I would have probably walked out to be, um, to be very frank. And I would say, well, no, I'm not going to sign this on the spot. So the, the people, the, the, the company I chose or used, um, they, they, they sort of did understand some of my goals and, and that's probably where I came a bit unstuck. But the process was they were searching for a couple of weeks and, and they presented, they, they sent out weekly emails of properties they inspected and then said, well, here's why we wouldn't buy this property. So they, they sort of, it wasn't just a stock list and, and basically then the third or fourth sort of time they, they found a couple of ticks tick the boxes um, and I wasn't even clear what those boxes were so I think that's probably a, an error or mistake so um, so 
and, and they said, well, hey, there's some that it's up to you which one which one do you want us to kind of move forward? And, and they didn't say you had to move forward, but I just thought, oh, well, I mean, what, what am I waiting for? I, got, I should pick one of these properties. Um, so that's kind of how the process went, went for me. And then I decided um, on one of those. Mm. And you still own that one, don't you? I do, yeah. So yeah. I'm actually it's it's on it's actually on the market at the moment. So and, and it's a, it's an absolute like it's it's been a from a from a maintenance perspective, it's been a, a very um, low maintenance property. The tenants it's only been vacant for two weeks in the in seven years I've had it. Um, so haven't and the tenants have been in there for two or three years. So it's been <laughs> relatively hands off from that perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has had its upsides as well. So it's not all kind of doom and gloom, um, but it just hasn't. Knowing what I know now, would I bought that property? Probably not. Hmm. So, yeah, so yeah, did, you positive. both sort of went back then to do a lot of education after that experience. I did, yeah. So I, I sort of, I did educate myself sort of leading up to it, but I, 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 I didn't. I was sort of in and around the fringes. So after that, after realizing sort of 2017, 2018, I thought. Well, actually, I, I don't know. What, this this property is not doing what I expected to do. You know, property is supposed to go up a consistent seven to ten percent per year. Of course, it doesn't. Um, but I, then, then I realised, okay, what have, what have I kind of done wrong here, and and how can I sort of prevent myself from making this mistake or make making this or sort of correcting this in future purchases? So I said I had to get serious. I really listened, read a whole bunch more books. And then that's where Joe and I met. 2018, it's, it was actually Steve Ignite's Mega Million, a Millionaire Mega Conference, and and that's where so I, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, but it's, it's, Veronica it's, and I are just biting our tongues. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, Steve's probably one of the better. I mean, I don't know if we can mention other people. So feel free to cut that if you want. But um, <laughs> but, he, but, he, but he's probably one of the the, the people that have done um, things in, in this space and written a couple of books <laughs> and. Um, but, but I signed up to an education course and it's actually through that I sort of thought, well, actually, it start, it's starting to tick what an investment grade property um, and, and we sort of started up the group and it's all starting to, the jigsaw puzzles pieces are starting to um, or have started to fall together even more now, things that, um, yeah, so that's my journey. And so you've said, Jeff, that you do track um, the performance of your property and I know a lot of people don't. Uh, that or they track the wrong things, and yeah, so which some metrics. of the, yeah, and you you mentioned there that by some metrics you it was a good investment, and maybe the prop the buyer's agent was looking at those metrics, not the right metrics. So that's another another issue here, isn't it? About actually understanding what your goals are, and I know that a lot of, and I certainly see this in a lot of the questions and comments actually in your Facebook group that a lot of. Um, first-time investors and er- people early in their journey, they are very. F- it's it's encouraged to focus on cash flow and yield. And let's face it, you need cash flow in order to support or sustain, you know, property ownership. However, when you've got a long runway, you actually need to focus on capital growth so that, like as Joe was saying earlier, you actually get an asset that's growing in value so you've got something to, to build on, right? So it's a, a bit of a problem because at the yield bit of it and getting and yield for anyone who is new to these concepts hasn't um, doesn't really know what that means is that 
yield is the income you get from the property. So it's the rent and, and it's actually measured as a percentage of the value of the property. And so people were talking, they'll be throwing out big figures like, you know, 8% yield or 5% yield or something. And I don't know if you buy in Sydney at the moment, you're lucky if you get 2%, which is woeful. <laughs> and if you get 2%, even with really low interest rates, you're going to be putting your hand in your pocket every month to pay a bit extra for the, for the interest payments and for the cost of owning a property. So it's very compelling to think, oh, I know, I want to buy an investment that doesn't cost me anything. Once I've saved a like, deposit, I want it just do what it does and work its yeah. magic and not cost me a cent but it's sort of it's mm. a bit of a a red and, herring and it feels like you can just dip your toe in the property market so you're like you know what i'll just get a safe secure you know i don't want any scary stuff just too much until you dip your toe in but it's not it's not the right you're in you're in and then you're in a dud asset and you're like ah damn it yeah try so and Jeff, dig yourself what, out yeah, yeah jeff what do you think your opportunity cost has been in owning that Oh, particular shit. asset versus <laughs> another one. I've opened the can, haven't I? Can can you um can we get some therapy sessions after this? No, no. So, this is property so, therapy, guys. Just yeah, slow yeah. down. It's in, okay. In, Let it go. Yeah. <laughs> in, in, in all in all seriousness, because uh, I've uh, recently re- recently looked at so, and had sort of acquired a, a property in South Coast, and 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 looking at this area, twenty fifteen, you could almost buy. You could, not almost. You could have bought for three fifty in in this even cheaper actually and and now i would say that the asset that's um the same asset that you could have bought then is is worth at least 700 to 750 now i'm, I'm not saying that any anywhere you bought for that 350 is going to have gone to 750 of mm. course you've, you've had covid and you've had low interest rates you've had low stock on market so um so you're not i'm not saying that every asset i'm not saying opportunity cost is 350,000 or 400,000 whatever it is but I would say at, at least anywhere between 100 to sort of 150, 200,000, depending on the type of property you bought, even in the same area of, of, of the Chermside kind of location. Big lesson. That's a, that's a great one for people to hear because the opportunity cost, of course, is what could I have done with that money if I hadn't mm-hmm. had that particular asset? So, um, mm-hmm. and I, I tell a story, and I think I told in the last, uh, last week's episode, Veronica, when I bought my first, second property, which is my first one with my ex-husband, we had a choice for the same money, you know, premier blue chip suburb, um, smaller house, not as pretty, secondary suburb, which was an up and coming suburb. It's actually well regarded now, but it was very much first time buyer territory back then, Kedron, uh, eight kilometres north of the city. So it was Wilston or Kedron and okay. the Kedron house was pretty and big deck and, you know, could move straight in and, and lovely, lovely, lovely. And we went with the pretty house it was well before I was in real estate. But the opportunity cost, I think I worked out, was um, I've been tracking the resale of these things and it's, it's something in the order of 800 or a, a, a million dollars difference had, Massive. you know, had I bought the other asset. Um, I didn't know what I didn't know back then. And I guess that's what we're trying to help um, our listeners and, and, and the members in um, your home buyer, uh, home buyer Academy um, to understand you don't know what you don't know, but you can actually learn from people who made those mistakes so that you don't make them yourself. <laughs> and I think, Jeff, that's just such a, a really good one. You didn't know what questions or what the metrics were that you wanted to assess the property against, whereas you've got a much clearer idea now. Yeah, I want to go back to joe too to find out at what point you realized you made a mistake but before we get there one thing that you said jeff that really got me um my ears pricked up you said that you had begun look your property 
education process at 2011 and you were looking in Sydney. And then for anyone who doesn't know, there was a boom in Sydney between 2012 and 2017, right? So, so yeah, your timing was impeccable had you been ready to buy at the beginning of that time. <laughs> and then midway through, you're thinking, <laughs> shit, you know, this, this ship has sailed, I'm out, you know, I've got to look elsewhere for affordable locations. And, and that's that's definitely what drives the ripple effect, right? The unaffordability of one area will, will push people to look in another area. So you've gone interstate um but what was it that was hot you said something was holding you back because of course we're in a rising market at the moment in most places in this country um unless you bought an apartment in some of these places like Chermside, right so <laughs> the market's rising so let's say for houses universally pretty much um not entirely remember guys supply 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 <laughs> but, sorry scarcity supply remember that so when prices are rising and booming and there's all this FOMO going on, a lot of people jump in like crazily and just, you know, caution to the wind and other people hold back and think, <clears throat> oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, I've got to wait for it to stop. And then you obviously then decided to jump, but you jump sideways. So so what was going on in your mind at that point of time um, to A, hold you back and then make you jump sideways? Yeah, so it was actually, uh, and, and I, I spoke about this in, in some of the, the, the dialogue um I think so. It was actually an advisor or somebody I'd call an advisor. So it was it was my it was my mum. So my mum had bought and sold a couple of residential properties herself, and I'm not, I'm not blaming her for, for the, but she was saying, oh look, well, there was there was a unit sort of around the sort of Mount Druitt Western Suburbs area for the two hundred five thousand, and and that that even the unit market in Sydney went to about three fifty mm. three sixty in the space of a couple of years. Yeah. So but she said, oh look, Jeff, Jeff, I think you should I think you should save a bit more money. Because I just, I just don't. I think you're over, and and I could have picked up that that property uh, across, well located in a, close to train station, close, well, probably maybe too close to Westfield, and maybe it, so it was eighties. But I could pick that up for sort of low twos. And she said, "Oh, you know, I think you should save a little bit more." And and ironically, of course, I ended up buying for three hundred thirty-four thousand. Um, so I, I I didn't save that much more in those couple of years though, and travelled as well. Um, and 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 so if I'd have bought that, so that's kind of what held held me back. It was more the I was keen to kind of sign the contract because I'm very when I've got an idea in my head, I normally just kick on and go with it. But I sort of I respected my mum's kind of um, guidance and counsel because I'd never bought a property. I didn't have that kind of guidance when I when I was when I was younger because I didn't have that kind of uh, property rich property investing uncle or auntie or somebody in the family to to kind of help me along the way. That's interesting, isn't it? Because uh, a lot of people, when when we surveyed first home buyers going back <clears throat> mm, three, two, two, three years ago, I think it was Veronica, um, and we, we one of the questions in the survey was where where do you get your advice from? Who do you go to for your advice around property? And it was your know, mum and dad. Uh, colleagues, friends, mortgage broker, um, but but mum and dad were, were certainly up there, and and it's something that we talk about when you're building your team at the start of your your journey, is making sure you have the right advisors who have the right skill set to guide you in their areas of expertise, and they stay in their lane. And mum and dad are good for raising us, and um, you know making sure that we have manners and 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 we you know have good work ethics and those sorts of things. But often mum and dad have only bought one or two or three properties, um, yeah. and they're, they're not as um, as experienced as they probably need to be in current markets to give advice to kids. And that's yeah. a, that's a hard one to to say. Appreciate your input, and I'll take it on board. Uh, but, but I've got to I've got to tread my own path with with my advisors. I think 
you know, I've been doing quite a lot of research on trust in the property industry at the moment. And it is interesting because, of course, you are more inclined to trust your parents, even though they actually don't, they're not subject matter experts. You know, they don't usually know what they're talking about. Um, <laughs> but everyone's got an opinion about property, so hey. But, you know, but you, you're more inclined to trust them than, than a lot of experts. And then a lot of experts really are, are untrustworthy for, you know, for reasons that we've actually touched on here. So it's a difficult difficult thing to do and knowing who to rely on that's for sure back to you though joe when did you realize you'd made a mistake um instantly oh (laughs) Oh, really as soon as as soon as i got settlement and i flew down on the day of settlement so i didn't do it during the pest and building inspection i didn't see the property right i flew down i got given the keys and i walked in i was like this is this is oh. not what I. This is not what I wanted. <laughs> and next door, they said, "Hey, look, this is not the corner block. It's the one next to the corner block. But you'll be able to buy the corner block. Knock on their door in three, four, five years time. Boom, put them together, put some units on it, zoned for it. Perfect. I look next door. It's a community center. <laughs> community oh, center. Oh my god. They're not going to knock down a community center for me. <laughs> Sorry, so, you had uh, a building and pest inspection, but it didn't pick up that the stairs needed replacing or there were holes in the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they 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 did pick up the holes. I'm gonna tell they did. Um, but it was like, oh look, that's it's two hundred dollars. The stairs, you know, w- you know, we'll put just do a bit of welding to it. Like it was just all just glossed over. Like it was all don't worry about it, fine. It's an asset. Get it, get it, get it. Um, and I just was like, okay, you're the professional again, here, here is everything. (laughs) Good luck. Um, so yeah, it was instantly, I walked up the stairs and I was like, oh, this is a mistake. Um, like, like $12,000 was my renovation budget. $12,000 is what the stairs needed. Um, and yeah, it was definitely not treated well as a, as a property. Um, but I mean, look, I put, I put, I don't know, 25, $25,000 into it and it would be worth about that 25,000, like, so now, so it was 280, it's probably worth about um, 310, 305, like around that kind of area. So like- you still own it? Yeah, still, yeah, still own it, still own it. It's cash flow positive, which is uh, which is great. So I get $47 a month, which um, is really changing the world and it's changing the game up for me. So um, <laughs> hoping to- Do you think it's held you back from any other investment opportunities? Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. Well, from a from an opportunity cost, just like what you were mm. talking about before, juxtapose this to, to my second one. Um, I bought that property. There was an offer. There was 330 on the market. I offered 310. They accepted it. There was a lot of damage to the property. I went to the property to inspect it. I'm like, I can fix that, but it looks like a big deal. I got a an inspection report and I spoke to the property inspector, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't do that before. I didn't jump on the phone. I didn't see his name there. So always do that. That is my mm. recommendation. Because yeah. their tip. job everyone is to hear, make it- Everyone hear that? When you have a building and pest inspection, speak to the inspector. If you can't physically be there, make sure yeah. they ring you from the property. Because yeah. it's fresh in their mind when they're talking to you then. Yes, exactly. And they are the friend they are so friendly because they're like Sorry, what? No one calls me. No one wants my opinion. No, I do. I want you to tell me how bad is it? How good is it? And they can be a lot more like from a document, they have to write, this is the worst thing ever. It's, you know, condemned. 
but when they really looks really scary, doesn't it? A building and pest inspection. All insurance, like they have to cover themselves, of course. But when you jump on the phone, it's like, hey, look, I saw that thing. I know you need to cover yourself, but what is the actual fact? Like, what are your thoughts? And then, literally, I just went line by line. How much do you think? And he's like, mm. oh, Joe, you're cool. I like you you're asking me these things. Um, yeah, I reckon that'll be five hundred. That'll be eight hundred. That'll be seventeen hundred. So all in all, there's my renovation script. Good to go. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, I mean, looking at that place, I, I then offered $280,000 for that. So I put 310 Peston building 280, um, and I was expecting them to negotiate up and they said, perfect, take it done. <laughs> so they took it for 280. It was on the market for 330. Uh, and now um, I did the renovation. Um, I paid $29,000 for the renovation. We put a second wall up and it's a development potential site. So that is a big one. I turned a mm. two better into a three better. So all of a sudden I'm now not in that two better bracket. I'm in the three better bracket. I'm in the lower end of the three better bracket, but that's a better place to be than the higher end of a two bed. So you mean the rental you're talking about rental now return? or, or From resale? a capital growth perspective, re- resale, like refinance um, situation. Is it a, is it a, when you say you've made it into a three bedroom, obviously without increasing the envelope, did you oh, yeah. then compromise on the living space and make that too small? Because that's what a lot of people do. So I'm curious to know how you've, how you've sort of balanced that. Actually, another good tip. Now, this is perfect about line up your trades, line up your professional team and stick in their lane. Because um, again, I had a mortgage broker that was telling me property advice that was absolutely terrible looking back. But his job is not to tell me property advice. His job is to tell me mortgage advice. So I'm going to listen to you for mortgage stuff. Nice. Anyway, (laughs) stay in your lane. Just get on the phone. Half of this battle is speaking to the professionals that are experts in their field and asking the right, asking questions and being interested. So I got a property manager and um, she was helping me. I'm like, hey, can you help me out with the reno? She said, that's fine. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, what can I do to this place? Because I was thinking two bed reno. She's like, actually, if you put a wall down there, you're going to cut off half of the living room, but you're going to put it into a three bedroom market. Um, which is going to be the lower end. It's going to give you X rent, but you can also then put a breakfast bar along here, which is going to add value to the kitchen area. Um, and it gave me all these little tips and tricks. And she's like, I could rent this and this would be the best use and the highest. I was like, what's the highest and best use of this mm. property? And she gave me the run through and it was absolutely spot on, spot on advice. We've had tenants in there, the only tenants for, I don't know, two and, two and a bit years. Almost, right. Yeah. And, it, and did you have that revalued after you? Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. So uh, turned into a three straight, better. Straight after the renovation, um, bought it for two hundred and eighty um, twenty nine in Reno, and it was revalued at three hundred and sixty nine thousand. Well um, And now re- revalued at four hundred and twenty three thousand, uh, four hundred and twenty thousand as of I don't know three months ago. So maybe even four months ago. So before, like it even went even crazier. So that is the difference, right? Here I am sitting on three hundred and ten thousand for, you know, five years, four or five years. And then I've got this here that's got all this equity just sitting up building. That's the opportunity cost that I'm missing out on. So why didn't I, why was I unable to get a 420 here and a 400? Now I've got 820,000 instead of a 320. Yeah. Um, So that was, that was massive. That was very good to, to have that. So a lot of that is, okay, like you said, in the first instance, you outsourced your um, your decision-making effectively. Yeah. So you sort of said, look, you know, I, I, so it's good to outsource. Like you say, get the right advisors, choose the people and make sure they stick to their lane. But then when often, and, and it is a risk when people um, engage a buyer's agent, they're sort of assuming a whole bunch of stuff, right? 
And, you know, and unfortunately not all buyers agents are equal as we all know. And so then you're sort of outsourcing your knowledge in a way. And so then the second time around, you've actually said, well, that didn't work and good on you for putting your big boy pants on and going back out there and doing it all over again. And you're obviously fortunate enough that you've got a good income that you could actually do that and actually start uh, to build that. Um, but what what about the area? What, what about the location? Because I would imagine the location will play a big part in the capital growth. Or, or do, are you saying it's just the asset? No, definitely not. Like um, the 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 capital growth is a is a massive factor. So I believe the renovation moved it from being the value of three hundred and ten because I think that's what it was actually worth. But I got it discounted because of the the damage that I could easily fix. Mm. Um, but then from the three hundred and sixty nine to the 420, that's pure capital growth that I didn't have to do anything for. So um, it's because of the area. So this was purchased in a place called Nor Lane, which is in uh, in Geelong. North of Geelong, yeah. North, yeah, north, north of Geelong, um, which is just, um, it's it's a lower socioeconomic, but it, it has um, a whole heap of potential. Um, there were people looking to, there were like other places getting knocked down to put duplexes on. Yep. Um, the, it's starting to get, uh, not gentrified, but it's up and coming, right? It's 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 more up and coming. And um, so, what yeah, what more, brought more. you to that location? So, what, what what was it in your process? So, you've bought the first one. You've gone right. I'm going to educate myself. I'm going to know better next time. I'm going to build my knowledge base. Here's Australia. What was it that took you to that location? Was there what part of your what was your process to arrive at that location? So, I guess like looking at my budget, how much can I actually afford? And this is why you need to obviously speak to a mortgage broker and, and get everything like that. But that narrows to everyone's like, oh, where, where should I buy? Really, it's like, what is your budget and what is available and what is going to be the best place for you? Because if your budget is between 400 to 450,000, you've knocked out 15,000 suburbs in Australia to, uh, I don't know, maybe a thousand, something like that. Um, and then you can start to dig in, dig in deeper. So I guess for me, it was just the, it's just more of the basic stuff. I know they're talking about a ferry going in from Geelong. They have an airport, um, like the infrastructure's there for it to, for it to continue to grow. Um, So for me, it was just, it's kind of, I can't afford Melbourne. I can't afford Sydney. Um, I've had some bad experiences in Queensland. So I'm going to go to. Queensland's not all that bad. It's Queensland is very nice. And there is. Hot. Hot. (laughs) It's hot. It's very and hot It's today. grown, <laughs> what, 100 and, 100 and some areas have grown 120% in the past 10 years? No. Yeah. There's some- How much was it? It was 150. That's right. It's crazy. If you choose, you just got to choose right and um, engage someone like me. Are, are you, so, mm, are you sorry, prepared to, to uh, divulge where your first property is? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't care, but, um, I don't know. I just don't like speaking bad of places except for, yeah. Okay. So it was in a place called Deception Bay, which is, um, which is North of, which is in, uh, Moreton Bay, Moreton mm. Bay region. Yeah. It's a large retiree area, low socioeconomic, you, you know, it's, and it's not a lot of money fur- going it's, there. It's further in, it's a further in property in like the, the, the not so great area. Um, and there are some great assets in there from on the other side of the highway that uh, established brick homes, and they're great. I didn't, I didn't get one of them. Um, <laughs> it's it's fun. 
Also because you're a, you're a Sydney sider, right? And so exactly. then you're buying in an area that great. A you don't know and B you um haven't been didn't go to. Didn't go. And so you would never have a um you would never a clue really. And when you hear Deception Bay, you think water. Sounds mm. good. It was right near the water. <laughs> oh, it wasn't it was walking walking distance to the water. And comparative to Sydney, you go, "Oh, wow, you know, close to the bay, it's nice, you know." Beautiful. But the the yeah. Bays here are not nice. <laughs> no, <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. And a lot of people come up here and, and think, oh, Deception Bay or Redcliffe or Manly, Wynnum, you know, there's some nice areas there. Well, you but put your it own is not like living in Bondi. Yeah, you put your own filter. You're like, oh, it's next to the water. I live in I live in Cronulla right now. It's right near. That's that's beautiful. Mm. That's Deception Bay. It must be like Gunnamatta Bay. So that's absolutely the same thing. So um, yeah, I'll just get by the water. <laughs> just so local knowledge, so important. Your second property. So what what did you do differently? So my second property, uh, it was actually a buy reno flip. So if we if we want to talk about the second buy and hold property that, that we actually, that was actually picked up in um, in, in twenty nineteen and and at the back end of twenty nineteen, just before COVID kicked off, it was it was and it was there was also a development play as well. So I'm just I'm skipping over that because we're talking about sort of first home buyers. So, so that one we we sort of bought um, with, with a view to we're sort of on the fence to whether we investment, whether we move into it. So it was kind of we, we looked at it with different lens. But this is after I'd had all that education a couple of years after I'd been burnt, not burnt, but I'd, I'd not quite knocked it out of the park. So, um, what would you like to know about that particular purchase, or what would you? Yeah. How did you approach that that was different? Yeah, so I approach it. I'm not. I'm not disparaging buyers agents. I, I think buyers agents are, are, are fantastic, and and as long as you kind of know you're clear yourself what you actually want, or you have a really fantastic mm. buyer agent. So we didn't use a buyer's agent for that particular purchase or for this for the purchase. Of, it's actually the most recent one we've done. So, but we, we looked at it and we actually, I, I got my trusty spreadsheet out and 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 I looked. I tracked that market for three six months. Um, so we sort of picked an area. We picked our budget. We said, okay, seven hundred is is what we what we max we want to spend, and and then we sort of said, okay, here's the areas within the general area that we can look at south coast of of New South Wales, um, kind of Illawarra, and we said, okay, we can't we can't buy north of North Wollongong because that's you're looking at sort of one million plus. So where can where can we realistically buy for that price? But this isn't your Renault flip that you're talking about. This was not your no, second this purchase. Is the hold. Yeah, this is this is yeah. So I skipped over a couple of purchases because for the purpose of the conversation. <laughs> but, but we sort of looked at it and we said, okay, what? Um, there, there's suburbs around this area that are worth sort of eight or nine hundred thousand, um, which is outside of our scope. And 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 then there's a couple within this that are sort of between the five to eight hundred thousand dollars. And then we said, okay, why why is it that there's a suburb? Five minutes that way, or two minutes that way, that's that's has a median price of nine hundred k, and there's one here that's worth that has a median of about five fifty six hundred, and we sort of and and that's where I started to plot what 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 the property is selling for and and which streets and even speaking to agents as well, just understanding the lay of the land in that particular area, and we sort of were going around and, and I know not everybody has the time or the the inclination to do this. But we drove around and, and kind of looked at the area, looked at the property and said, well, actually, there's a lot of potential in this area that we bought in, which is kind of close to close to the fig tree area. Um, we sort of said, well, the reason this has been our budget and we're comfortable buying this area, and we could sort of see a lot of first-home buyers moving into these areas because it was affordable, close to the beach, close mm-hmm. to 
there's all these kind of growth um, drivers that, that ticked a lot of boxes, as well as there wasn't a lot of stock to buy. And there was a lot there, so I'm unpacking a lot there, sorry, but that's the way we went about it. It was more sy- systematic. Oh, I, think- I like that. I love yeah. a good spreadsheet. And we, we do a word, where to buy workshop for um, a tutorial, sorry, for, for first home buyers. And it, it is, you know, based around the three P's, position, property, um, uh, price. price. And, and both of you in that case have started with your price, which is absolutely, if you're not looking for a home, um, you, often with investment, you start with that and then you can throw the the whole scope open to the country. You don't have to buy in your own backyard. But, Jeff, for you, it, you, you had the lens of a potential home, so it actually did guide you in a way to a particular regional location. So so you had your, your price kind of set, you had your position somewhat set, but you could actually then look around um, and see, well, how can you get those three things to match and have the right set of compromises for you? So that that's such an awesome story to share with everybody because it is a systematic way to do it instead of throwing a dart and spending months looking in the wrong location. You could have been looking in that, you know, that median house price around a million, I think you said, was one of the areas that you looked at. You with your eight or $900,000 budget, you would have been looking there for six months and going, I just can't quite afford, you know, and prices are rising and you're, you're just not looking in the right location. So that mm. systematic way of going, all right, well, what can I buy with my budget in the general area and, and how do I throw the net open a little bit more? What do I get for my money? Um, is that a compromise I'm prepared to make? Can I get something that's in a good location but needs some work or one less bedroom, whatever the case may be? Um, and that that is such a great lesson for, for everybody because you might want to live in a really great location really close to the water, but if you look outside a little bit, you might get a little bit more. Mm. Yeah, I love the language that you that you use there. Like it's it's all about the asset, and that's really what property investing is. It is purchasing an asset. Don't mm. get too excited about the the pretty, you know, as you had the veranda at the back and and all of the pool and all of those things. You're literally trying to buy a financial asset in a market, and you're trying to find the best allocation of your resources to that asset. So um, uh, when people start to talk like that, I know that they're not thinking about it from a, from a, oh, this is so pretty and gorgeous. I can't wait to settle in and take sh- pictures and show all my friends because I show my friends my renovation and they're like, yeah, I'd, you know, I'd stay there on an Airbnb, but I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't live there. Like it's, it's absolutely beautiful. It's, it's you don't fine, have to love it yourself. But it, it just has to not, perform just has to perform and if you change your language around it it definitely makes a big difference um i I feel i feel when you start changing it up well we've had a a number of conversations with you guys and we really have um you know had a lot of uh we've enjoyed listening to your journey and your enthusiasm yeah and and (laughs) your lessons and and you know talking about your experiences and so that sort of helps us too because we've got to remember back to the days when we were doing what you're doing um but also you know your your uh facebook group and and obviously the community that you're 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 building there and the questions that are asked in there and and your I think your true intention to actually help people make good decisions and that's why we we enjoy chatting to you so much and we really appreciate you both coming on to share your stories today and and we also are really excited about what we're sort of releasing with you guys uh, in the next couple of weeks, we've got a where to buy investor edition workshop, Oof. which we are tapping into your experiences and the questions that your group asks in order to be able to provide a solution. And it isn't a nicely wrapped up in a bow, a silver bullet, a magic magic pill. It's, it's the not solution. a list of 10 suburbs. No, <laughs> the solution <laughs> is the process 
by which to, you know, education, the process by which to go through to actually come to better decisions, come to better conclusions in terms of where to buy. So we've we've been absolutely thrilled to meet you and 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 work with you through this uh, through this process. Yeah, thank you, thank you very much. I mean, the, the community is only based the, upon the value that all the ma- members put together collectively. Like we've got people like the, both both of you have been on live sessions, soon to be live sessions, and given so much value. And just in the comments and answer of these questions, I think that what you guys are providing in this course um, for the investor side of things, at least from what um, you know, we're not we're not not so much focused on uh, our audience for the home buyers. It's more focused on on the investors. Um, but that is the biggest question. Where do I buy first? And we always say, like, you you need to figure you out and figure mm. out all those other things, get educated, and then you can go out there and, and get to it. But you need that foundation. Without the foundation, it makes it very, very challenging. Yeah. So Ooh, what a way to end. And, and, and I think there's going to be so much value in the, in the, in the where to buy, sort of the, the three Ps you spoke about there, position, price, and property. property. I was going to say property. <laughs> you need that one. Yeah. <laughs> You need the, yeah, that's that. That sounds that sounds um, a, a very systematic and fantastic process. So excited to to kind of partner and 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 help uh, help the community, help our community, and and that'll help your your kind of community as well. So it's all time. about helping people to make better decisions, to be really well informed, and to be in control of what they do with their money. Um, mm-hmm. And that that really, I know that we all share that passion for helping people make better decisions. That, that's really what it comes down to. So thanks for coming on, guys. Looking forward to working with you and um, enjoy your day. During our three-year journey to help first-time buyers, we have found an increasing number of you want us to help you guide them on your rent-vesting journey. So due to popular demand, we are bringing you the very first Where to Buy Workshop Investor Edition. We are indeed, and this is very exciting for us, I tell you. This is the culmination of over 40 years' experience that we're going to teach you step-by-step, not where you should buy, but... this is not the answer. (laughs) This is not the golden bullet. (laughs) Not the silver bullet. It is, we're going to teach you how to properly research this vast, wild country of ours to be able to work out where you should look to investigate to buy your investment property. It's a really, really important skill that you learn how to critically look at data, information, what the important things are, and we're going to teach you how to do it. When are we going to do it? We're doing it on the... Veronica, I don't have that in front of me. Oh, well, that's okay. I'll step in because we're a team. And we are going to do the Where to Buy Workshop Investor Edition on Wednesday, the 24th of November, 2021, 7 till 9 p.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Time. So that's basically Sydney, Melbourne time. 6 Six till 8, eight if you're in, in Brisbane. Brisbane. And yep. I can't remember if you're in Adelaide and elsewhere, but basically half an hour behind. Yep. live to you on Wednesday, 24th of November, we are bringing you the Where to Buy workshop. So if you want to tune in, the link is in the show notes. In this episode, we've covered a very small part of our 10-step online course for first-time buyers. If you would like to learn more about the process and how to buy without making a mistake, then head over to our website, www.homebuyeracademy.com.au. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss an episode. And if you like what you've heard today, please give us an iTunes review. Five stars would be wonderful. It will help others find us as well. 
Thank you for joining us. We hope you found this really useful. And if you have, please share the love with others who you know are in the same boat. We'll be back next week with some more priceless stuff. Thank you.